Welcome to another episode of Morning Coffee with your host, Rick Alexander. I started this show to talk about all of the interesting, complex, paradoxical, and sometimes uncomfortable aspects of the human experience. If you get anything from this show, the greatest compliment you could give me is to share this show with somebody that you think the message may resonate with or to head to iTunes and give us a five-star review. Additionally, if you want to interact with me, you can follow me at rickalexander underscore on Instagram. Without further ado, on to the show. Tuesday, welcome back to the MCP. I want to continue our discussion from yesterday because I believe that there are some more hidden complexities. So I would listen to these in order because it will make a little bit more sense. Now, the idea that I posited yesterday is that your orientation to your family of origin tends to be your orientation to the world at large, to your life. Now, if you are uncomfortable using God language or if you are comfortable using it, what that really has to do with is your past experiences, right? Like the way in which you've moved through the world can't be set apart from the way that you see the world now because we're constantly being conditioned by our environment in both positive and negative ways. So one way this might look up look like in your life is you see your parents do something and that feels good to you, feels safe to you, whatever whatever it might be, you decide to live in the world in a similar way. Now, it also might be that you saw your parents really struggle. Like Carl Jung, for example, has a really complicated, had a really complicated relationship with God. And part of that is that he saw his father, who was a pastor, like a preacher, living outside of his own belief system. Like he saw how bad he struggled and how hypocritical it was. And so that profoundly affected his orientation toward God until he went on his own individuation journey, which essentially founded the field of analytical or depth psychology, right? And then he was able to form his own views on that thing. So It can be positive and it can be negative, but whatever you feel about it, right? Whatever you feel about the world, about the words we're using, whether or not you're comfortable talking about a creator or a God or anything like that, tends to be a reflection of what you've experienced as you've moved through the world. And so again, the idea is that the orientation that you had toward your family of origin, however you perceived them to be, tends to be how you perceive the world at large to be until you either do the work to figure out what you actually think, right? What might be true for you, or you have a string of life experiences that show you something else, right? And a lot of times, What happens in our lives is we go through various life experiences that show us that the world isn't exactly as we've configured it. That might be what you would consider pain to be, right? That's why there's always a teaching element of pain because it brings you new knowledge about how to be here. And so when you've mapped the world out incorrectly 
and then the world presents to you different than you've constructed it, right? Different than your internal map, the way that you've mapped it out, that's pain, right? That's inherently a struggle point. And so really like the Zen tradition teaches to be really comfortable with a rug being pulled out from under your feet, the ontological rug, you might say. And if you get really comfortable in that place, then you're able to react to what reality presents you with, and you don't have to spend your time defending a reality that's not real, because a lot of us get stuck in that place. And then there's another complexity that I want to talk about too. I'm trying to come at this issue from as many different angles as possible, because I really do believe that our fundamental beliefs about who we are and what we're doing here have wide-reaching influence that we actually can't always see. A lot of our secondary and tertiary beliefs are built off of that first one. And so if that first one isn't serving you, then a lot of the other ones, as I said yesterday, they're going to fall in line with that foundational belief. And a lot of times if we ignore that foundational belief, we just, it's too complex, we don't want to deal with it, well, then life can tend to present as a really confusing place because it's com the complexity is intense, right? And, and honestly, at the bottom of life, there's a lot of madness, right? There's a lot of like illogical things that just don't make sense. And so this is one reason why you want to ensure that your foundational belief can hold space for all of those aspects of life that really don't make a lot of sense to us at the time. As I spoke about yesterday, our finite knowledge isn't privy to infinite answers. And so that's the role fundamentally that faith has. So your faith is in something. You know, you, you have faith that when you leave this house today, like the world's not going to fall apart. And as the world does start to fall apart, as we've seen in the last year, you can see how profoundly destabilizing that can be for people when they lose their faith in societal structure. So I want to move on to this other complexity, which is that the world will often reflect back to you whatever you think about it, however you think it is, you'll find that it sort of corroborates with what you, what you think. You're in a bit of a snow globe in that way, right? So if you think about a snow globe and you think about the figurine in the middle, imagine that that's you. And so you can shake the snow globe up and it's gonna change the subjective environment of that snow globe. Now that figurine in the middle, if that's you, you're still seeing reality, but you're seeing it through your subjective experience. And so the thing to understand about this is that oftentimes one of the reasons that positive psychology is a field and does work, right? I think it's limited. I think we try to use it for, for perhaps too much. But the reason it works as a, as a general disposition toward life is because it changes the subjectivity of your snow globe. And so the same events are presenting to you, but you're seeing them in a more positive, beneficial, or dare I say useful light, right? Because you're going to go through the world and the world's going to do what it does. Like it's going to present to you and your value system and your subjectivity is going to take that same thing that's being presented and decide what to do with it. You automatically categorize unexpected events that happen to you as negative, right? So that would be the cynical worldview. But the truth is that you almost never know what any event is, even if, it, even if it's heart-wrenching, right? Like when you go through a breakup or you go through, you get fired or something along those lines, right? The world presents to you as a painful place to be. 
But the truth is that you actually don't know, right? Because you don't know in the long term what this is moving you toward or why it's happening. Now, the rub is, the reason I wanted to make this episode in the first place is because your natural disposition toward it decides how you interact with it. So I present the question, I presented on here, I wrote about it in my new book, why is this happening for me and not to me? Now, a cynical person could say that that's not true. Can you prove that that's true? And which I would say, of course I can't. Of course I can't prove that that's true. But this thing is happening to you either way. And so the way in which you interact with it is going to decide who you become once the smoke clears, right? Once the dust settles. And so do you ask yourself productive questions that allow you to grow from it, to learn from it, to harness the, the energy in it, right? Because whenever there's death of anything, career, profession, uh, you know, relationship, there's also life because they're two sides of the same coin. And so perhaps... If you aren't so quick to hold on to your subjectivity, you find yourself presented with a world in which that you can interact back with it. You realize, damn, maybe this is happening for me. And in that case, I would say, do you see how the color, shade, feel of your snow globe is affecting the world that you're interacting with? Now, where this becomes toxic, right, and where the nuance is found here is when that's not true, right? When you try to spin something positive without acknowledging the heartbreak, without acknowledging the sadness, the grief, right? We're humans and because of that, we have to feel what's real. I've been talking about that on here kind of a lot, right? So you don't get to go around the pain. I mean, you can certainly try. I've done it in my own life with alcohol and certain things. But whenever you sober up, whenever you're done, it'll be there and you'll have to go through it. And so we can really delay the birth, the rebirth that's on the other side of death simply because there's certain things that we've decided that we don't want to feel, that we're afraid to feel, that we're afraid to experience. And so if you try to spin it positively without really taking the route through the pain or through the struggle or through whatever is being presented you presented to you, then what you're going to find is that that's when, as I said at the beginning, reality presents you with a pain point, right? This is the moment when reality says, nah, the world's not like that. You have configured something wrong. And so now the pain begins and you have to go back to the drawing board, And so the nuance is found in realizing our subjectivity, our snow globe is profoundly affecting the way in which we're interacting with the world and we have to hold on to our point of view somewhat loosely because as the world presents us with new information, we constantly have to realize that it's okay that we've configured it wrong that we're not obligated to defend what we first thought or what we thought for years or even the information that we've lived our life by. If the world presents you with something new and you don't assimilate that knowledge, then what's going to happen is you're going to find that that is another way in which hell is created on earth, right? Where your mind and body are no longer in the same place because you see the truth. You see a different truth. You see a different perspective. And so this brings up the idea that we have to live at our highest level of knowledge. And so now you see exactly why yesterday's episode is so important. Because your experiences, 
while you were forming an idea, right? We're talking formative years, whoever your caretakers were, your family of origin. When these things were forming for you, people were constantly injecting and painting your snow globe. They were telling you, this is a terrible thing. This is a bad thing. This is a good thing. This is just a thing that you get to interact with any which way, which most people aren't taught because quite honestly, we have a lot of trouble holding space for other experiences or for what we don't understand. But you can see how your general disposition toward one thing becomes your disposition toward everything. If you can approach your life with a little more lightness and a little more uh, freedom and, and really like take a situation, hold it in your hands and spin it around. Look at all of the different angles. You might see that there's a lot here that you've missed. That, that's certainly been the experience in my life. I love you guys. Hope you have an amazing day. We'll talk later on Morning Coffee.